Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. Life tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome to the show, everybody, today for a special double header that uh, Mandy's lined up. How are you, Mandy? Uh, I'm great. How is everything? Everything's fabulous. We have joining us, we're here with the uh, founder, I believe, Gabe Klein, of a interesting new green level business called On the Fly, which delivers meals on wheels. Um, welcome, Gabe. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bob. How'd you like my recovery? <laughs> I, I thought it was amazingly quick. Really, really well done. Your focus is, uh, is is stemmed around an electric food cart. That's what, what Mandy's prepared for us here. Tell us a little bit about your business and, and delivering fabulous organic and local ingredients with the food you're preparing and, 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 and what your approach has been. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Give us a go. Sure. Um, we have four lines of business, but the primary line that, that gets a lot of attention and is the most innovative is our smart cart line of business. And... Um, Essentially, we have a, a spoken hub model. So this is our first city, Washington, D.C., and we have built out a commissary in the Capitol Hill neighborhood here in Washington, which uh, houses our kitchen, our um, storage facilities, prep rooms, walk-ins, all that sort of thing. And then we have spokes, which are uh, a number of stores and also uh, currently eight smart carts. Um, and the idea is to uh, have a central location where we prepare extremely high-quality food um, utilizing local ingredients whenever possible, organic ingredients whenever possible, and, you know, really bake in that quality um, and, uh, from a central uh, spot where we can monitor uh, very closely. And then we go ahead and serve the, the community wherever they live, work, and play. You know, we, we have carts uh, on the National Mall. Um, at Smithsonian uh, Museums. We have carts at the zoo, and then we have carts right downtown in lunch spots, and we just launched our first carts in Virginia um, earlier this week. What's the goal of the business? Is it to mm -hmm. franchise the business, or how does it physically set up? Well, you know, our mission is, is to provide high-quality, great-tasting, high-value food to people where they live, work, and play. Now, in terms of how we do that, right now, everything is wholly owned by us. It's an extremely complicated business from a logistics standpoint. Um, I used to uh, work for a company called Zipcar, which is a car sharing company, and I built the D.C. region for them over about four years. Um, like this business, you have mobile assets um, throughout the region, but this business is much more complicated because you're dealing with the perishability of food. Um, and considerably more staff as well. So we want to really figure out the business ourselves, nail it down, um, uh, operationally button it up, uh, and then we're looking to roll out more cities. At this point, we're not really considering franchising too much, but with our next uh, tranche of capital, we are going to put some aside to actually investigate the franchise model and see if it makes sense. Um, we are actively, you know, raising funds to, 
to do that and to fill out D.C. and then to expand in uh, either late 2009 or early 2010 into one or two other cities. Tell us about the electric carts, the electric food carts, as you call them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a very interesting uh, vehicle. We basically custom-built a mobile cafe. It took about six to eight months of design work, depending on when you think that we started. I mean, we, we, we did lots of drawings and this and that, but until we actually bought an electric vehicle and started tearing it apart and, and, and rebuilding it as a mobile cafe, um, we didn't realize what we were getting into. It, it was a lot of work. We have basically a four-by-seven space that we've made into a full kitchen. I mean, these vehicles, they're only four and a half feet wide by 13 feet long, and um, uh, we have holding, hot holding ovens on them, retail refrigeration, backup refrigeration, steam wells, a full plumbing system, hot and cold water, um, a backup generator. And, and the beauty of it is not only the vehicle itself will, will plug in and charge so you can drive it on, on, on electricity, there's, there's no gas, but you can actually plug the entire cafe, the entire back of it, in as well to a 220-volt outlet. So the whole thing can be completely e- emission-free. Wow. Uh- so, so Gabe, most of the lunch trucks I've ever been to have been a little sketcho, to say the least. But you guys are doing some—you guys are doing some really cool stuff with local organic foods. What kind of foods are you serving? Yeah, um, we have a great chef. There's there's four of us that are key executives, and then there's about seven of us on the management team. Um, one of the key people is, is Jordan Lichman, who's our director of culinary operations, and he actually comes from one of two five-star restaurants in the United States. Um, so when we put this together, we said, you know what, we can take it a step up pretty easily because all we have here in Washington are hot dogs. That, that, that's it. Um, uh, we know what's being done in Philly and, and New York City and, and, and uh, Portland and some other innovative uh, street food cities. So we said, you know, we'd like to step up not only to that level but take it even a step higher in terms of quality, in terms of organic, in terms of it being local, and then um, let's brand it. You know, let's let's build a brand, and then let's see if we can take this thing regional and the national, along the lines of what Starbucks did with coffee houses or Whole Foods did with uh, small footprint natural food stores, taking them into big box. Um, so that's our plan. So we we think there's an opportunity to take this all over the country. Um, and to a lot of different types of venues because there are a lot of people who play in this a little bit, Sodexo, Aramark, you know, they'll, they'll have outdoor food if they have to, but nobody really does it well because it's not their core competency. And so that's going to be the big difference between us and other people. Sure, we have a cool uh, electric vehicle. Yes, we have stores. We can do prepackaged food. We can serve hot food, cold food. Um, but the difference is going to be in the quality of the product and in the execution and, and experience that the customer has. So what are the different themes that you have, and how quickly can you get up to Boston? Because I am starving right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, Boston is one of the cities that we are looking at. I have experience in Boston. I'm I'm from the Northeast myself. I'm from uh, Hartford uh, in in the next state over. And, um, you know, we're looking at Boston, Philly, New York City. Um, You know, we think there's a lot of opportunity uh, in these particular cities because you have a lot of uh, urban dwellers, that want high-quality, healthy food. They're willing to spend the money on it. And, and the beauty of our operation is that we don't charge you more than you're going to pay anywhere else. Um, we try to keep our overhead as low as possible with this hub-and-spoke model so that 
we can give somebody a much higher quality experience and meal for the same price as they would get at uh, Cozy or anywhere else. In fact, less. And how many carts do you have? Um, we started in November of 07. We're up to eight carts now. Our plan is to go out, well, we're, we're out now looking to raise a little over a million dollars, and we're going to um, build about 15 more carts for spring of 2009 mm-hmm. and uh, fill in D.C. and the neighboring areas. And then uh, it could even happen by the end of next summer or sooner. We could uh, launch another city. It depends on a few strategic partnerships that we're working on. Cool. I wanted to ask you about the name on the fly. It doesn't so much connotate the cool, hip, electronic, save the planet sort of, you know, thing that we here on the show are most interested in <laughs> with your product, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Have you thought about that from a branding perspective? Absolutely. I mean, we were very torn over the name and and what to name it and how to name it, and we really worked hard on our logo to communicate the sort of uh, modern, futuristic, and yet retro, the retro aspects of the business, because people have experienced food carts, you know, for hundreds of years. Um, Now, in terms of the green aspect, you know, I grew up in a a commune in the 70s and 80s, uh, a yoga commune, and uh, I've been eating organic food since 1975. Um, so for me, like, none of this is new, and this is just the way that we want to do business. Um, we communicate it to people constantly, but in a very subtle way, instead of beating them over the head with it. Um, and I think that's important. You know, we're, we're a socially conscious company focused on sustainable business and setting a, a good example for others. But we, we want people to come to us because they love the product and service. And, yes, they can feel good about it. And to be honest, we probably will win over some people that we're going to stop somewhere else. And they're like, well, between us and Chipotle, because we have Latin carts as well, maybe they'll choose us because they like our our mission, if they like the food equally. Oh, and and I didn't answer your question, uh, Amanda, about the types of food that we offer on our carts, right? Uh Uh-huh, right. So we have five uh, themes currently. Uh, They range from a Latin theme... Um, to a uh, uh, American-style barbecue theme. We have an Asian cart. Um, and then we're actually getting ready to launch. Well, we have an organic hot dog cart, which is really fun, with uh, uh-huh. 16 homemade toppings, like homemade brine pickles made by our chef from what? local cucumbers and that sort of thing. And then we, we're getting ready to launch a organic um, pasta cart, pasta and salad cart. Yum. Um, and so, you know, the the, the uh, breadth of selection is, is pretty slim. We'll do, you know, three or four really good things on each cart. Um, and when you come to the cart, you know, that's what you have to choose from. But I think if you do it really well, people are fine with just a few options. Mm-hmm. God, you are not at all helping with how hungry I am. It's, you're just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish you were here because there's so much food we're sampling today for these new carts, and I can't eat it all. We, I, I'm, I'm eating, actually, while we're on the phone, I'm eating a, uh, a whole wheat organic pasta dish with squash and white wine and uh, braised walnuts with sugar. You know, our, our chef is really creative, and uh, he's a rarity because he, he's an MBA and he's also a CIA-trained chef, um, so he understands the, the business standpoint that we need to make money. Um, but he's also creative. He understands what people want to eat. Well, that is not like anything I've ever gotten at a lunch cart, ever. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I want you guys up here in the Northeast, like, 
like tomorrow? Well, I think we would do very well, especially in places like Harvard Square, you know, Cambridge, um, uh, what is it, Brookline. Um, there's certain places I think we would really do well. So, hey, if, if we raise this money, maybe you'll see us up there soon. Awesome. Do you guys take credit cards? <laughs> um, actually, well, we have stores w- where we take credit cards, and we're testing that same POS system on a small 7-inch laptop on the carts with a wireless card. It seems to be working well. So um, we hope to roll out uh, a live POS system on every cart by, let's say, February 2009. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Really fantastic to have you on the show. Wish you the best of luck with this with this mission. It, it, it's a it's a green mission. It's an organic food mission. It it it's just seems like it's centered on the right place. Especially if you can get a new brand name going. <laughs> I have a list. Oh, yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> I, on the fly is pretty cool, but it seems too busy. Like city, you know, urban city on the fly. Get a quick lunch to go. Yeah. I think the challenge is more like green carts, you know, you know, you know, just something that feels hip and cool and organic. You know, I, I would ram it down people's throats. I think that's the coolest part of the whole, <laughs> you know, no pun intended, you know. Um, <laughs> well, we, so, we actually do have a secondary brand, um, and we've had arguments internally and with even marketing consultants about this, but our company's called On The Fly. But we have four divisions, and the two main divisions that people know are the smart carts and the smart cafes. So for the average person on the street, um, like the vehicle says smart cart on it, and a lot of them will say, you know, I'm going to run down to the smart cart and grab lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, So people do think of us as smart carts. Um, And then our parent company is Home Slice LLC, so we're completely confusing people, I think. But (laughs) I'm sure we'll figure that out. Yeah, there are people who plays Home Slice and... A smart cart is is feels more like the emphasis is on the cart, not yeah. the product that can make you better. Um, so you've definitely got some branding to do, but uh, yeah. but what you're doing is great, and we really uh, really appreciate. It. Are are all of the carts electric carts, if you will? Are they are they pedal power? I mean, that's the other thing. On the fly seems like a bicycle. You know, yeah, well, have um, bicycle you seen, I don't know if you've seen a picture, Byron, of the actual vehicle, but it, um, it, it's got a canopy, and when the canopies are open, it looks like wings. And then we also have these flags that are actually, these South African flags that are very cool, that fly next to the vehicle. Um, and uh, so the idea is that it's a very, you know, fast, in-and-out, grab-and-go type in- environment for the consumer, but the vehicle actually looks like it has wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the story behind that. But they are all um, electric vehicles, yes. What's the domain name that people could go to check this out? Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, it's www.onthefly.dc.com. You can also go to dconthefly.com. Either way will we'll, uh, work, and you can get lots of information. There's pictures, menus, locations, um, how to reach us if you have any great ideas um, or questions. I'm looking at the site right now. Really fun. Looks great. Yeah. Now, are you hiring drivers and worker bees? <laughs> we are. We are. You know, this is our first year in operation, so um, the fall is sort of new for us. But so far, it's been pretty busy, and we had a lot of our uh, uh, college interns uh, go back to school. We had some some great interns from Moscow actually who've left. So um, we are actively hiring uh, good people. 
And, um, hey, look, as long as they're willing to work for, for organic pasta, um, it's a great environment. Awesome. <laughs> work for food is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't rich yet. We have a long way to go. But um, You do but honestly, pay as well as paying with food, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And actually, we try to pay everybody a, a living wage. We give everybody benefits. Um, wow. I mean, I'd rather personally not take pay for a while than not be able to pr- provide health insurance for our staff. So we definitely try to treat people fairly. Um, we, we are hiring. And, and I think you know, the response has been so positive. For instance, we were on the front page of the Washington Business Journal this week. We've been in the Washington Post twice. Uh, Bloomberg did a story on us. So I think we're going to keep growing and keep looking for uh, good people. It's great. The carts look really cool. I'm looking at them right now. They are they are fun looking. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you. And, and, and giving you the marketing edge and, 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 again, the commitment to green and the holistic approach. Fantastic. Hats off. Thanks for being on the show today, Gabe. Thank you very much, Byron. Thanks, uh, Amanda. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Best of luck. Go green. Thanks for being so smart. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to over 30,000 subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO, SEO ready. Plus, we provide express editing editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours. Article distribution at its easiest. One form, one click, thousands of results. Get your free account today at articlesender.com. That's article, S-E-N-D-E-R.com. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. It's time to start jamming and spamming with the founding fathers of SEO. Rock rock to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. SEO Rockstars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. And now, back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts, 
Welcome back, everyone. I just wanted to um, comment briefly on our last guest. Amanda, any comments on our last guest before we invite our next guest? I think he's fantastic. Uh, you know, Byron, I wish I know we work in the North End and we have great food around us all the time, but if we had a smart cart like that pulling up every day with organic foods, I'd be out there all the time. Yeah, the concept of sort of bringing organic food to the customer rather than bringing the customer to organic food is an interesting one. You know, it, uh-huh. it cuts out the gas it takes to get to and from. But let's bring let's introduce our next guest, Richard Brahman, um, who is the president and CEO of a company called Little Pearl sustainable caviar company based in Massachusetts. Richard, welcome. Thanks, guys. How are you today? Terrific. And Richard, I think our paths crossed years ago. I'm not sure exactly when or where, but, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to piece that together perhaps someday. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I did a little work with Life Tips as a fishing guru, and that's part of the way I was able to teach myself e-commerce. So, gotcha. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Good stuff, good stuff. I thought you were going to blow, blow something from the way past. I started a company called Webfish long ago. Did you ever remember that? I, I don't, unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> good for you. Neither do I. <laughs> but if you go to webfish.com, it was an interesting concept, and uh, you can check it out. I, I haven't done much with it, but it was, it was sort of in the space of delivering uh, fish online. But tell us about your business. Really interesting, and you've got a real commitment here to... Uh, to caviar, a fabulous delicacy, and sort of an eco-conscious approach to it all. Give us a, give us a feel for what you're doing. Thank you. Well, um, we focus on American caviar for a few reasons, and you know, traditionally caviar came from the Caspian Sea, and it was harvested in the summer, um, beluga, savruga, etc. Um, you know, there's some preservatives that are typically in those products, and it takes a long time to get to market, and it typically was served around New Year's. But now with the advent of aquaculture, we can grow caviar fresh year-round. And so we've built this business, Little Pearl, but we source from the best producers around the U.S. And some are farmed and some are still some small, wild, sustainable fisheries. And not only is it ultra-premium product, but it's also very fresh, so it tastes a lot milder and not as salty and fishy as people would expect, so more like it would taste if you lived on the Caspian Sea. Um, and, you know, there's that eco-friendly aspect also. the You know, all the products are sourced sustainably, so we're not endangering wild populations. Um, we do focus a lot on some salmons and trout. Really good for you also because they've got a lot of omega-3 in them. Um, and we also developed an aquaculture technology, which is basically a farm system where we can grow our own food source. So not only are the fish themselves sustainable, but the food that we feed those fish is sustainable. And that's something we just got a grant for in Maine. So we'll be commercializing that hopefully over the next few years. Um, So it's pretty exciting. So so many questions, so little time. Tell me just a little bit about the um, the whole... aqua farming sort of concept, you know, and, and keep in mind that we have guests on the show, myself included, <laughs> listeners that know little about it, even though I'm from Maine, um, uh, and, and would like to know, understand more about how it works. Well, you know, the fundamental problem is there's not a lot of fish left in the wild, and while fishing game protects what's left, the future of fish really has to come from aquaculture. So, 
in some cases, like the coast of Maine, salmon are grown in cages offshore, and there's a movement to increasingly push cages farther offshore and even along the floor of the ocean. Um, and so that's a pretty simple system where you just put a lot of food in and the fish grow on their own and they're harvested with boats. And that's done in a lot of places around the world. Um, How big are the cages? They're, you know, tens of feet wide. So the alternative systems that are on land, say if we were going to farm sturgeon in these concrete cylinders, they would be 40,000 gallons or 70,000 gallons. So, you know, they're 20 or 30 feet across. Um, anywhere from like six to twelve feet deep, so fairly large containers. Um, and our concept is, you know, something where we're actually bringing everything inside. So it's not just the water, but also and the water for the fish, but also the water for plankton and all these other aspects of the ecosystem that we kind of grow um, in harmony. So it's it's more of a natural process. And tell us a little bit about the actual process of harvesting caviar, which seems like a bizarre concept to me. <laughs> How does it actually work? <laughs> it is. Well, we have a lot of questions. You know, do we gather it along the river? Um, do we kill the fish? Um, is it sort of humane? And so for our processes, we try to do the most humane process, which by PETA standards would be to catch the fish in a fishery. They're killed the way fish are normally for fillets, and all the parts of the fish are used. So fillets are sold, smoked fish is sold, and the roe is taken out, and it's salted, and it's made into caviar. And it's a fairly simple process, but the quality is really determined by when in the fish's maturity the fish are caught. So if it's in the wild, it's where on the river you're catching them and what time of year, and it comes down to a few days. So on a farm, people will actually use ultrasound and in some cases surgery to take a look and see how the fish are maturing. Um, and you know, on sophisticated sturgeon farms, they would actually use the carbon dioxide to anesthetize the fish before they're killed and before caviar is made. So it's, a, it's about as gentle as you can get in terms of that. And then the quality is really maintained by just keeping very good temperature control, really sterile conditions. Um, so a lot of our innovation as a caviar business has been around building our own supply chain where we really tightly control temperature. We use medical quality to sterilize packaging. Um, so it's getting very sophisticated. Mm. Now, have you guys had any – I know the caviar industry is always taking a hit with um, – you know, with uh, ethics and and just you know what people think of the treatment of animals. But have you guys ever had any problems with PETA or anything like that? No, we haven't. And you know, we really try to do best practices for everything and position ourselves as the opposite of what caviar traditionally was. So, cool. by doing their preferred processes um, and the best environmental practices, uh, that really, I guess, prevents us from having problems with them. But you know, we care about those values also. So. You know, and is it is it is it more expensive to maintain these this quality? Well, yes and no. I'd say overall for us, it really isn't because it's an ultra premium product, and you know, you, people would rather pay for the quality, and they'll have that loyalty. So, and frankly, you just don't get very far selling poor quality product. A lot of companies sort of do, but they're doing it on such a high volume. And a lot of it's for export, so it's not even really tracked. Um, but for us to build a, 
a U.S. brand, we couldn't do it any other way. And it's not it's not prohibitively expensive for us, but the barriers to entry were very high. There's a lot of permitting and there's a lot of equipment involved. Now you guys sell these cute little pancake things on your website. What what else do you sell along with this caviar? Yeah, those are our blini. We um. Blini are traditionally like Russian crepes, and then there's a European blini, which is a lot smaller. Um, and we basically recreated a lot of the traditional recipes and took some family recipes. Um, so we've got four varieties of mini one-inch pancakes, mm-hmm. and we also have developed a new dip, which um, we might be selling soon. And that's it for the most part. You know, we sell a little crumb fresh and occasionally some cheeses. Um, and some other pearl spoons and caviar bowls. But and, we try to keep it pretty simple. Where can everyone go to learn more and order and find you guys? Well, you can order everything on Little Pearl's website, www.littlepearl.com. Um, a lot of Whole Foods stores have product stock now. I'm actually going to Foodies now to do a demo for the next three hours in Boston South End. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But there's a list of stores on the website also. Cool. How's the market value for caviar worldwide? I'm sure it's a fluctuating marketplace, but... Well, a lot of products that still have fisheries, like salmon, roe, ikora, there's a really huge defined commodity market. Um, The price of salmon roe actually doubled over the last year because of supply shortages. Mm -hmm. And part of the shortage is because people are just choosing to eat more. So increasingly in China and Korea, there's a wealthier population who really wants to have sushi. Um, so that increases demand. Um, and, you know, grocery stores in the U.S. didn't really used to sell salmon caviar, but now they are. Um, and we're slowly changing American culture to enjoy caviar because we can deliver them a fresher product. Um, so the economics are sort of inelastic. Typically, for certain customers out there, you can really charge a lot for the product. They're willing to pay whatever they have to to get wild, etc. Um, but, you know, ultimately, it's fairly expensive, and I don't think the market's really going to grow a lot until we really begin farming it, and the price has kind of returned to, like, the 1980s levels, which is a little bit, you know, more comparable to other products like cheese or pate. Hmm. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show today. Do you have any, do you have any, any quick tips for us on either selecting caviar, besides selecting your own brand, of course, <laughs> um, <laughs> Because it really yeah, is totally. a, you know, you're looking at this package, you're looking at a small, you know, container, and you're looking at various price points. You know, I mean, that's what the consumer sees right now. You know, is there a tremendous advantage? Are there secrets? Are there little dates we should be looking at? What You know, what are some of the tips on selecting caviar? Well, it still is very safe to get your caviar around New Year's because most of the companies are traditionally set up to supply them then. Um, mm. So we actually you know, try to change that, and we can deliver it fresh year-round. But if it's not ours, it's not, you, know, you can't really guarantee it's going to be fresh out of season. Um, you know, the American sturgeon is really good, and it's not that expensive. And I think always... Once you've already purchased it and you open the jar, you shouldn't really smell anything fishy. It should just have kind of like a light buttery taste to it, maybe a light sea aroma. Um, and mother of pearl is always a great way to eat it. It just has a really nice mouth feel. And Any then, personal you know, favorites of yours before we close out? 
Yeah, I mean, I love personally our white sturgeon, the T-Rex. It's grown in Idaho, and it's, you know, fed from this 100-mile underground lake. It goes through the water, goes through this volcanic soil. It's filtered. Um, it's an excellent product. It was one of Food & Wine's favorites, and it's really consistent year-round because the water is so cold. It takes an extra five years to grow those fish, so about 15 years to maturity, but it's really consistent year-round, so it's unique in that way. It's an excellent product. Is it available all the time, or should I wait until New Year's to stock up on it? <laughs> no, it's available all the time. Yeah, we're continuously harvesting and, and selling it, so that's, it's really an amazing product for us. Well, listen, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks very much uh, for the tips, particularly. Uh, I think you've uh, really uh, brought some interesting new dimension to our show with talking about caviar and and, uh, and green, going green in the caviar world, or at least sensitive to the needs of the planet. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome, Byron Amanda. Thank you very much thank for having you. me. And if you have future questions, you're welcome to you know reach out and contact me through our website. Awesome. Go ahead and say the, your address again for any fans that are listening in. Anyway. Sure. It's littlepearl.com. Cool. Per- perfect. Cool. Thanks again for being on the show. You're welcome. Have a great night. Right on. Mandy, any, a- any final words of wisdom? You're going to be ready for the big party and uh, that was a sporting very some classy, caviar? That was a very classy show we just had. <laughs> Our first double header. That was a lot of fun. That was awesome. I think we should do those more often. I'm into it. I like it. Well, let's go celebrate now with some champagne and some caviar. The perfect combination. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope your life was a little bit smarter. Better. Faster. And classier. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.